Hello, hello. Welcome back, Leading Women in Tech, and Happy New Year. I am, I will admit, recording this in 2023, but I am so excited about 2024, and I hope you are too. 2023 was a challenging year for me. I will share more about that as 2024 kicks off. But I'm hoping that you are excited about the new year. You've got that new year buzz. We will be getting to some new year buzz stuff in the coming episodes in January. But for right now, I wanted to start this year's episodes off with a thoughtful, inspiring speaker. I wanted to bring to the stage today, Trina Martin. She is a CEO. She's founder of her own business as a author, speaker. But what she does is use her experiences, and we're going to come to what those are, to change leadership. She does the work I do, but she does it in such a beautiful and distinct way. She's all about inspiring emerging leaders to pursue their wildest dreams while making sure they open the doors to others. And that's why I wanted to pick her brains about today. When I first met her, she said the number one message she wanted to leave you all with was how we all need to be opening the doors for each other and why that is something as women we sometimes don't do as much as we should. With her background as a woman of color in tech with a computer science degree, but also as a retired US Naval officer with 30 years of service, becoming a Naval officer because she didn't like what she was seeing in those around her, this woman has broken many barriers. She's taken many uncomfortable strides in her career that many said weren't possible. This woman really pushes the boundaries and lives by her values. She's naturally skilled at finding that harmony between technology, science, leadership, data, and has used this to help others push through the glass ceiling. Throughout her career, the key thing that she says sets her apart from others is her ability to set goals and not only achieve them, but surpass them. So without further ado, let's get Trina onto the show to find out what you can do to do the same this year. And I finish up today's interview with a little request. So make sure you listen all the way to the end, because I have one thing I want you to do in 2024, which might just change the way you operate as a human being. Welcome to the Leading Women in Tech podcast, the show that celebrates women in technology leadership. I'm your host, Tony Collis, and this podcast is the result of my passion for building better tech by diversifying the leadership of the technology sector. Join me on this journey as I discuss all things leadership, what it takes to be innovative, breaking through the glass ceiling, be a great leader, and how to navigate the unique experiences we face as women in tech. So sit back, grab your headphones, and get ready to be inspired to become a better leader. Welcome to the show, Trina. I am delighted to have you on here. Thank you, Tony, for having me. I'm excited to be here with you. I am. I'm so thrilled after having met you that you're on the show. So start off with giving everybody else other than me a taste of who you are, what you do. And in particular, I love to ask people about their career journey today, the highlights and those very important lowlights that meant you've got to where you are today as a consultant and leadership coach. Oh, wow. Well, thank you. Um, so as you said, I'm Trina Martin. I am an entrepreneur. I have my own business. It's uh, TL Martin International. We're a consulting and professional development firm. 
I'm a mother of two. My daughter's in college, and then I have a son who is 16. He is on his way. And I've had a pretty diverse career, I can say. Um, I started out in tech. I have a degree in computer science. I'm actually a retired naval officer. I served in the military for 30 years and um, worked government and uh, other things. But then I decided to take my experience and the things that I have seen in those careers and start my professional development firm. So in a nutshell, that's the quick cliff note version of me. Tell me a little bit, Trina, about what it was in your career that meant that you went down the road of starting a professional development firm. Because that's not a typical route for people with a naval background and a computer science background. That's a, that's a very unusual route to go down. Exactly. It is. And both of those careers are things that actually led me to doing the professional development firm. And and as you may imagine, they're both so different, right? They're different in different ends of the spectrum. So you have the military, then you have tech. But in both of those careers, I I observed my environments that I worked in and I saw a gap that both of them had. And for me, it was the kind of leader that I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. The leader and and developing the team and your workplace that you want. So I, I've always thought, I said, you know what? I can do better. And that's what I want to do. So that was one of the reasons why I decided to become an officer in the Navy. Because I said, well, you know what? You want to be part of the solution, not part of the problem, right? You don't want to just sit back and say, oh, this is so screwed up. This is messed up. I don't like how things are going. Mm. You want to contribute and try to make yeah. things better. So that was one of the reasons why I decided to become an officer. But then when I retired and I started looking back over my career, I started seeing those gaps. And I thought about it. I said, well, you know, God put me in these careers for reasons, right? For reasons to go forth and do things and help other people out. So that's that's kind of why I decided to start the consulting and professional development firm, because I saw that in both cases, not all the time were things equal amongst mm. all people. And especially when it came to leadership, promotion, and acknowledgement of the people doing the work. And I wanted that to change. Yeah. I, I think I, I love the fact that you talk there about be part of the solution. I think far too many of us are guilty. Maybe that's the wrong word. Maybe we don't have the confidence or the empowerment or capability to be part of the solution. We tend to sit back and sometimes it's complaining from the sidelines, whatever you want to call it. And I do think sometimes it's our capacity, our capability and capacity to be part of the solution. But not all of us have that in us. And I think sometimes it takes something deep seated for us to say, I'm going to be part of the solution, especially when you're in a minority. And I'm just going to call it out here as a woman of color in the Navy. I'm sure you were really a, a, a tiny minority. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I actually don't know much about the demographics of the US military at all, but I'm just assuming that's the case. Oh, absolutely. I mean, in, here in the US, of course, you have all, you know, you have a diverse population, mm. you have diverse people who serve the military. But for me, as being a woman of color and a woman of color who was an officer, I, I achieved a pretty high rank before mm. I retired. Being in that position, you didn't see many people like uh. that. Um, so that was one of those things that, yes, 
it set me apart in a good way, but then also got to see some of the things that were not so good that people of color or, or a woman like yeah. myself would be the only person that could actually see and understand these things. Yeah, and I that is a really intriguing part of one of the reasons I wanted to have this conversation with you publicly. Because I certainly know as a white woman in tech, so moving to tech here, uh, I certainly know that I saw things that very passionate, pro-diversity male counterparts of mine did not see. And I know that is certainly true from the conversations I've had with women of color during my time as an executive coach. I know I don't see everything that women of color see or, you know, any other underrepresented di- demographic. It's not it's just our race. There's all sorts of elements that can be and are underrepresented across the tech industry. So if we talk more about tech, tell me a little bit about the importance of your leadership journey in tech and and how that plays into your experience as a woman of color and actually what you would like many of the women listening to this, who I hope are your allies, what would you like them to hear about your journey? Oh, Wow. So my journey was one of humble beginnings, I guess you can say. I was the first person in my family to ever go to college in my immediate family. And I financed college myself. So that was a long, hard road. But Mm -hmm. I decided to go into tech. So my degree is in computer science. And I did that because looking at the statistics when I was planning to go to the university, I said, oh, okay, well, tech is something at the time, because this was late 80s. I was like, this is something that's going to boom. I want to be part of that, that innovation. Mm-hmm. Not realizing that women of color or, and just women in general in tech was few and far in between. Yeah. So I ended up getting into this elite industry, so to speak, not understanding the the challenges that I would face because the only thing I was thinking is, okay, this is cutting edge. This is new. This is innovative. And this is what I want to do. Um, so I ended up having a great career over 20 years in tech as a computer programmer for some big and major corporations. And I, and I got to see things, like I said, positive and negative. And what I want people to know about that journey is you may be in this position where you feel like you're alone um, and you're walking it and you will encounter certain things. But I want, especially women, I want us all to learn how to be allies Mm -hmm. because there's things that women of color go through. And like you say, you as a, a white woman, you may not see or necessarily understand, but for women of color, and I'm not just speaking of black women, I'm talking about every other person of color, For us all to come together, we have to be allies with each other. And as a white woman, you have access to things that women of color don't have. Yeah. So that's one of those things that we can help each other. You know, opening that door, maybe being that um, sponsor that people talk about, that mentor, even if you're, you know, you're not even in that position, just saying, you know what, hey, um, I know of an opportunity that you would be great for. Mm. Because when when we think about it, men, all men, they've kind of been groomed to do this, right? You'll see guys mm. go play golf. They'll have a beer together. And it's all about business. It doesn't matter whether they're friends or colleagues. They'll say, you know, 
um, Jim, I decided to have uh, coffee with you today because I know of this business deal. And I think we as women, we're not groomed that way. And so many times we we think that the other woman is our enemy. Yes. And it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. I When we first spoke, you mentioned this, this whole concept of, I, I, I've certainly seen firsthand that sometimes as women, we are our own worst enemies towards our own gender and it breaks my heart. And I remember you saying to me when we, we chatted a few weeks ago that you are passionate about helping women to open doors for each other because men do this all the time. What is going on here? Why is it that men do this for each other? As you say, they're they're groomed to do this and we're almost groomed to not do this. I don't like the word grooming, but <laughs> that's what came to my mind. What is it that's going on? Why are we so different? I mean, a lot of the other stuff we talk about, like how women, we're people pleasers. Why does that stop us opening the doors for each other? You know, that's a good question. And I don't know if anyone actually has the answer for that. Mm. But I think it's because, and, and this is a stereotype that I've seen throughout the world, right? That people say, oh, women can't be friends. We're, we're catty. We we don't like each other, things like that. And I think it just has perpetuated and in business, especially this is where we need to actually bond together and help mm. each other. You know, like we were speaking, men do it all the time. Men, men get on the golf course, men go out for, you know, happy hour, whatever. Women, we just do not do that. And I mm. think it's the the scarcity, the lack mentality, the mentality that, oh, there's not enough in the world. So if I give this opportunity to Tony, that takes from me. Yeah. And we definitely, we need to get away from that because there's plenty, plenty in the world to go around for everyone mm -hmm. to prosper. But I think we need to start thinking of helping our fellow woman to get to those places that you know, they can't normally get to. And and it can happen in reverse as well. If I have an opportunity to help you that you may not have, you know, there shouldn't be a problem for me to say, you know what, Tony, I know that person. Let me introduce you to this person mm -hmm. so that you can, you know, speak and, you know, do whatever, you know, it is that you have plans to do. Maybe you just say, you know what, I want to know that person. I want to have mm -hmm. a great conversation with that person. And if I know them, what problem does it present for me to say, hey, let me introduce you to Tony? Nothing. It takes nothing away from me. But I think as women, we're kind of taught that, you know, oh, we, you know, it's all about me. It's yeah. all about ourselves. And if we, if we pass it on to someone else, then that's less for mm -hmm. us. And that's totally not a way to think. Yeah. It's actually interesting listening to you talk and think about what might be going on. And I would be fascinated if somebody listening to the show is doing some research in this area, do reach out to me because I do think this is an area that desperately needs some research to understand. But it almost goes hand in hand with the people pleaser, which somebody might be confused by. But as people pleasers, I actually do think, and I'd say this is a recovering people pleaser, it's very inward looking being a people pleaser. It's all about mm -hmm. how I feel about everybody else thinking about me, right? It's assuming you know how everybody thinks and making assumptions about that and then affecting how you feel. So it's actually... People-pleasing, despite what it says on the tin, I, as a recovering people-pleaser, I think it's actually quite a selfish state of mind. It's like, I need to feel okay. And that's more important than 
what other people are thinking and feeling, right? It's very inward looking. And I do wonder if that conditioning that so many of us have, make everybody around you happy, be seen and not heard, be pretty, be a people pleaser, our entire childhoods, sets us on this path for, I need to take care of me so I make everybody happy and so I feel okay. And that means we don't think about anything other than our fear of how others are perceiving us negatively rather than thinking, how can I help this person? How can I pay it forward? Do you think that's true? Does that kind of resonate with you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I'm a recovering people pleaser (laughs) as well. (laughs) And it is, it's something internal. That's how you think about yourself, correct? So if you feel that you're going to be less of, or like you said, not people are not going to like you or people are going to think less of you, you're less apt to to go outward, right? And to, you know, say, let me give to you because you think, okay, well, what are they going to think about me? What are they going to say? Does this make me look like a small person? Mm-hmm. And, it is, and it does. It's, it's very, it is, it's a very selfish, self-centered way of yeah. thinking. And that's where that lack and that scarcity mindset also plays in. Yeah. Well, let's just talk about that scarcity mindset. Because one of the things I do in the work I do, everybody listens to this show knows I'm here to bring women together, elevate women, make the tech industry better. That's my mission. And a large part of that is creating this community of women. And so many of the women that work with me are like, the women I meet is the best bit about the work I do. (laughs) I like to think they do appreciate my coaching, but I know for many of them, that community of other women in tech is so important. And I certainly found that myself. It was when I built a community of women and what was otherwise a very lonely experience, I was like, oh my gosh, I suddenly belong. And it allowed me to let go of the scarcity mindset a bit. It took me many more years, (laughs) I will admit, (laughs) but it was the first very important step to letting go of that. Have you seen that in the work you do? Is Is it partly because in tech, most of us, we know one, two, three women, maybe. We might not even have any peers that are women around us. Yes, you know, that is a very good point that you make. Because of that, you know, you find the women who are very male-driven, so to speak. So what I mean by that is, okay, where I'm here, I work to get here. I'm not going to let anyone take this from me. Or this person has to achieve it the way that I did. Let me just interrupt this interview for a moment. Please, please do me a favor and do other women in tech a favor. If you have found this episode inspiring, please do two things. One, hit subscribe, whether that's in a podcast platform or on YouTube. Every subscriber boosts our audience. It helps demonstrate to these platforms that this episode should go to other people as well. So please hit subscribe. Favor number two, share this with a woman in tech or a male ally that you think needs to hear some of this conversation. Thank you. And it is. And it's because, you know, it's such a... It's such an industry, tech is such an industry where, yes, you don't see many women. Mm. You don't see many women of color. And the women that you do see that may have elevated to executive management, to C-suites, things like that, they're they're very off-putting. Um, I remember yeah. when I was in the industry, I used to say, oh, I never want to have a, a, a female manager. Oh, never so want to have it. Because, 
Yes. And, you know, and I would say, oh, because they're the worst. And, you you know, here I am a woman speaking yeah. like this about another woman. But it kind of, that kind of became the norm. Okay, if you're not this woman who is so brazen and so, you know, off-putting, then you weren't capable of being in leadership. Yeah. And, you know, we don't have to do that. And, and that rolls into leadership development for me as well. You know, you don't have to be masculine to be a leader. No. I, I often say to people, like, there's so much pressure in society today to be more male than the men around us to to get to those high level roles and my personal view and I've seen the success of this is that that diversity dividend we talk about about having diversity at the table or having diverse leaders that diversity comes from a difference in the way we operate so making us more like men is negative for everything we do one we don't come across authentic. Two, it actually, the women I've worked with who have been like that are incredibly stressed out because it's not who they are. They've learned to operate that way and it's on autopilot, but it's exhausting, which means they're less good at productivity. They make less good decisions for the business. They also don't challenge because they are more like, they do challenge, but they don't challenge the male ideas in the room, which is precisely the value they should be bringing is they've got a different lived experience having been a woman. Therefore, challenging those ideas is part of our superpower as women. And so it, it just breaks my heart that even in the end of, actually, by the time this recording goes out, it'll be 2024, we're recording in 2023, but this episode is going out in 2024 and it breaks my heart that that is still happening today. What would you say to women listening who hear that and think, oh gosh, yes, I see a lot of women around me being that attempt of being a man and I don't want to be that person. What would you say to them? You know, I would first say, be yourself. Um, just as women, we are an emotional creature. So just, you know, think about the, the empathy and the emotional intelligence that you would like to be shown and do those things. You don't have to come out the box and try to be that man. And like I said, mm -hmm. I think for so long, society put that out there mm -hmm. for women that, yeah, if you didn't operate in this way in the workplace that you weren't capable because they think that, oh, women just, they, they run into the restroom and they cry because things don't go their way. And we're not like that. And as women, we have such unique perspectives. Mm -hmm. Like, as you said, that men don't have, I mean, we're mothers, we're, we're, you know, workers. I mean, women can do things that men don't even think about yeah. just because, you know, anytime a woman can go to work, raise a family, have kids and, and put all of this stuff together and still go out the house and look good to go to, to the office. I mean, we have a superpower that we have to start appreciating ourselves, Yeah, yeah. you know, and, you know, just be yourself, be, be a woman. Understand people, you know, seek to understand, have empathy, talk to people like the way you want to talk to. You don't have to be harsh. You don't have to be rude. And I think that gets over so much better. And, you know, and it's one of the things I, I learned early in becoming an officer in the Navy. I kind of had that thing where, okay, well, you know, men like this, I have to be like this, blah, 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 blah. But 
I found that I didn't like being that person, just as you were saying. I was like, you know, this is not me. Yeah. So I started being my authentic self and actually talking to people, relating to people. And I had so many people who worked with me say, you know what? Wow, you're the best officer I've had. And I was like, really? And they were like, yeah, you know, you you understand, you get us. You know, when someone says, hey, you know, I'm coming to you because I'm having this issue at home. You know, listen, see what you can do to help. Giving my perspective and not just looking at the bottom line. And, and so many times leaders and, and executives, that's all we're, we're thinking yeah. about, right? Is the bottom line. Mm -hmm. How many widgets can you make to produce the outcome that we're looking for? And okay, we all need that as far as in our lives in a business at a certain point. But for the most part, people want to know that you're human. Mm -hmm that you see them, that you understand them and just be yourself, you know, listen, have empathy. Don't try to be super hard. Like, okay, well, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to allow you that time off for your kids game because you need to be here. No. You know, if you work with people, you find that people will work back with you and you'll end up being respected and climbing the ladder in many different ways that you may not get the accolades because, you know, and I tell people this all the time. I didn't get the accolades that I should have gotten from superiors. But when I look back over my career, both of them, the people who I worked with, the people who I worked for, those are the people who gave me my accolades. Yeah. So I may not have gotten physical awards and been highlighted at the company meeting. But when people say, you know what, you were the best officer that I've ever worked for, or, you know, whenever you need something, I'm there to do it for you. That's what gives me the satisfaction. Yeah, I love that. Okay, well, tell me this. This top mindset for to wrap this conversation up, because I do think that a large part of the barrier here is our mindset. What you're saying makes complete sense, and I'm sure many of us would agree, nod vehemently. We get to the reality of, there's this opportunity, it's not for me. Or I've already had a lot of opportunities, but that scarcity mindset crops up, right? What is your best piece of advice to somebody to let go of that scarcity mindset, think outside the box and lift another woman up and hopefully another woman of color because women of color are still unicorns in this industry, which breaks my heart. What would you ask us to be doing and what do we need to do with our mindset? You know, I would ask every woman out there just, just to have the mindset of abundance, you know, and it's something that we are not, and I, and I say we, I mean, as a people, as a, as a human, yeah. we're, we don't think of abundance, right? Mm. But th there's abundance and lift another woman up. If you've had that opportunity or you've, you're at the point where you're like, you know what? I think I'm fine where I am. I'm not going to go any further. Or there's an opportunity that, that I'm just not, it doesn't, it's not the right fit for me. Mm -hmm. Well, look around and see what woman who it would be a right fit for. Yeah. Because when we talk to each other, we all share our goals and, and we know what is going on. So whether it's a woman of color or just another woman in general, you know, it may be an opportunity. Let's just say now, since we're in the remote work era now, since COVID, there may be an opportunity for someone to have that type of position. And maybe it's not for you. Maybe you you need to be in that office, but maybe you have someone or you know a woman that says, you know what, 
she has small children mm-hmm. and she needs the flexibility of being able to work remote. I'm going to recommend this person for that position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the things that we can do to help each other, you know, to lift each other up. And again, if there's something that's coming down the pipeline that, you know, is not common knowledge for everyone to know, but you have someone good in mind, you know, tell that person or go to that person who has that opportunity and say, you know, before you put this opportunity out, I would like you to consider this person. Yeah. Again, it's all about abundance mindset. Mm -hmm. It's about, you know, you knowing that you have exactly what you need. Yeah. You have what you need, you know, and I've had to start doing that myself, you know, in my business, you know, I, I bid on contracts and just, just here lately, there was one that I really, I wanted, but then I didn't get it. They said they went with someone else. And at first I was kind of, you know, kind of disappointed. And I was thinking, oh, well, what did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, did I do this? Did I do? You know, you automatically go to that. Well, what did I do wrong? What was wrong with my proposal? But then I, I had to think about it. In the next couple of days, I thought about it. I said, you know what? That that just wasn't for me. That mm-hmm. probably wasn't the right thing for me. So whoever they, they selected, I was like, you know what? That's who it was meant for. Because yeah. when I started to actually evaluate it, I started thinking about all the different things that would have to go into this. And I was like, yeah, you know, I don't I don't think that, that would have been good for me. So, again, you know, instead of thinking about yourself and about, oh, well, what did I do wrong? And women, we do this all the time. What do we do wrong? Mm-hmm. What could we do better? But it may not be that you've done anything wrong. It just may be that that's not the right fit for you. And we have to start thinking in abundance, saying, you know what, that wasn't for me. Someone else, you know, it's for and it's they're going to do a, a fabulous job in that position. I love that. I love that shift from it wasn't, you know, oh, my gosh, what did I do wrong to it wasn't for me. I I see myself having gone through that journey as a coach. I'm now much better equipped to let go of things than I was mm-hmm. a decade ago. And I see this as something that every woman I work with, I'm yet to meet a woman who doesn't need to work on this. I would say that about men too, but I don't work with men, so I don't know. <laughs> but I think all of us need to be okay when something doesn't work out. There's often a good reason. Uh, it's letting go of that. And that allows us to then be more abundant in the future as well. So I love that. Let's move on to the quick fire round. Are you ready for this? Oh, I'm ready. Okay. What is the worst piece of advice you've ever been given? <laughs> oh, wow. Um the worst piece of advice I've been given is just be grateful. And that came from my mother. And, and I'm going to tell you the context of it. Just like we're speaking today, you know, it was, um, well, just be grateful you have a job. Just be mm-hmm. glad they gave it to you. And I think that's, you know, I think what we bring to the table is a contribution. So I don't think we should settle oh, and just yeah. be happy that somebody let us listen. I think we should be in the room yes. and be at the table. I love that. I love how you explain that because, you know, we're all taught to practice gratitude and all that, but there is a place where that whole just be grateful shuts us down, holds us back, tells us to suck up the situation and deal with it. Mm-hmm. And ladies, if you've not been around here before, you know, I never want you settling. I don't want you settling. I want you going all in I want you to embrace your ambition. So thank you for sharing that one, Trina. I love that. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Oh, 
be true to myself. Oh, I love that. And that was, and, you know, it may have been, I think it was uh, Dr. Maya Angelou that I read, but, you know, to, you know, to thy own self be true. I think Mm -hmm. that was her, but yeah, that's the best piece of advice I've ever gotten and that I give to anyone. I love that. It's beautiful. Okay. What is the last book you read and would you recommend it? Or listen to, if you're like me, listen to everything. (laughs) Oh man. Uh, So many. Um, So uh, on this uh, topic of mind, changing your mindset, the last book that I read was T.D. Jakes. And I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's a big pastor, minister here in the United States. But he, his last book, Disruptive Thinking, was the last book that I read. And it's similar to what we're talking about now, about thinking outside the box and actually changing those paradigms and everything that we were grown up and taught to to think on another level to get to where we want to be. So awesome book. I think anything around disruptive thinking should be on all of our lists because I think a lot of it is about if we want to change the world for the better, we need to think and operate differently. Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay, mindset. At the end of every episode, I love to give a mindset tip. So I would love to hear yours. What is your favorite mindset tip? that you would like to share with the women in tech leadership listening to this show? Oh, mindset tip. Something that I do on a daily basis is just kind of keep a pulse on how you're thinking. When you find that you're going into that negative or that scarcity mm. mindset, reel it back in and start thinking the abundance side. And, um, you know, and, and I read the book, I don't know if you have ever, but The Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon mm-hmm. Hill. Yeah. He talks about that, right? The mindset about, you know, we can we can bring things to manifest things by the way we think about them. Mm-hmm. So when you find that you're going down that negative of like, oh, you know, what did I do wrong? Why Why is it like this? Or why did she get this position? Start thinking in the positive. Reframe, reframe those thoughts. And then you'll find that abundance will eventually take place. That's beautiful. Thank you. This has been amazing. So how can people find you online, connect with you? Where can they find you? My website is trinalmartin.com. I'm also on LinkedIn. But yeah, I, you know, if you need leadership development, coaching or anything like that, please look at my website, trinalmartin.com and connect with me on LinkedIn. I would love to connect with you. Please do reach out to Trina. She is an absolute treasure in the work that she's doing. And I will make sure the links to Trina's website and LinkedIn are in the show notes. So if you're watching or listening to this, go check out the show notes below and get all the details to connect with Trina. Is there anything else you would like to leave my audience with today? Any final thoughts? Um, I would just like to tell all the women out there in tech is let's just bond together. Let's be each other's ally and let's help each other reach the top thank you that is such a beautiful note to leave this on this has really inspired me so I want to leave the listeners with a bit of a challenge today as we enter into the new year I want to challenge you to open the door for one woman one underrepresented person in tech whatever form that takes every week Many of us get people reaching out to us on LinkedIn with an opportunity. Would you be interested in this position? What about this? Have you thought about? 
And most of us just hit delete if it's not the right time or it's not a good fit. I challenge you to take one of those every week for the next month. Make this your New Year's resolution. Take one of those and think about the women in your network. Think about the women of color in your network. Think about somebody with a disability or somebody who's underrepresented in some other way and open the door for them. Say, I'm not interested, but I think you should reach out to this person. Here's why. Do that. Make a difference. Make 2024 the year when you open doors and change the way you think about scarcity. Change the way you think about opportunities. All right, listeners. Thank you once again for listening. As always, stay in your tech leadership game. Follow your dreams because the world really does need that uniqueness that you bring as a leading woman in tech.